Welcome back to Articulate. It's me, your buddy Steve. How's it going? This week, I had a good time connecting with my uh, my old professor, Tom, which is funny because there was another guy named Tom on last week. It's not that funny, but it's kind of funny. Anyways, uh, yeah, it was Tom and these two new people that I just met when I walked in the door. Of course, Tom was like, hey, these are my friends. You mind if they're on the podcast too? And I was completely, yeah, of course. I mean, more people, the more the merrier, obviously. But, you know, Tom Stevenson, my old professor, uh, Mercedes George, and Joel Lofman. So, yeah, you, you get to hear, you know, they're, they're kind of, kind of uh, a teacher's take and perspective on what's kind of going on right now with the whole online learning thing, and a little bit more into the psychology of it and, you know, how it affects, I mean, and Mercedes is a teacher student as well as the general manager of this place and they talk about the their ornery vets project what they're putting together which i think is a really cool concept so uh yeah just you know an overall good conversation between a diverse group of individuals (laughs) uh i don't know it's it's a fun episode and you know they're they're all characters and it's just it's, it's a good time anyways i hope you enjoy it so here we go Alright, alright. Welcome to uh, Articulate with Steve McJones. Uh, <laughs> welcome everybody. Uh, here we have three individuals who are all uh, helping together to put a uh, cafe in Athens, Ohio together called Ornery Vets uh, Cafe. And we can get into that a little bit. If each of you would like to introduce yourself to the audience, that'd be amazing. We can start with you, Tom, just if that's alright with you. <laughs> so my name is Tom Stevenson, and I'm Assistant Professor of Instruction in the Patton College at Ohio University, and uh, I'm working as the chef and kind of one of the board members of this project. Sure. And uh, I'm Mercedes George. I'm actually still a senior at Ohio University and the 2B general manager of Ornery Vets Cafe, one of the Ornery Vets. <laughs> so. All right, and Joel? And I'm Joel Hoffman, the other Ornery Vet. <laughs> the or- <laughs> the ornery vet. Yeah. He's under us. He's understating what he's done in yeah. the space. Right. Um, so yeah, Mercedes, what's your background a little bit more? So uh, I am from Athens, my hometown. Sure. And I left home at 18 to join the Marine Corps. Oh wow. I wanted to get that challenge, see if I could do what all the big boys do. And I was in the Marine Corps for about six years, and then I decided that it was time for me to come back home and pursue other opportunities. So I started going to school over here at OU, and I decided to do the BSS program rather than a prescribed degree program, which is where I met Tom, because he had to be (laughs) my faculty signature on said paperwork. And in that nerve-wracking meeting that I had that I get a little nervous. My hands sweat every time I talk <laughs> about it, every time I think back to it. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, everything I worked mean. for, for yeah. a year, everything I had worked for, you know, it was all on, on, on the line. line yeah. It all depended on the signature. And I went in super nervous and he said, you know, there's this project, you know, you've told me about your passion, you've told me everything you want to do. There's this project, there's a couple of people I want you to meet. Yeah. And two days later, I met Joel over at Passion Works with Patty, oh, and wow. it's 
I say every time it's been serendipitous ever since. Yeah. We've been quite the quite So the he team. put you at ease in the interview, hopefully. Yes, at the very end. I, <laughs> I stopped sweating and I was like, okay, everything's gonna That's be funny. okay. It's funny, serendipitous is a is a funny word because Tom and I actually talk about that that stuff all the time and how things just kinda line up. And it's funny that you felt you know, anybody Tom kinda of makes that ser- yes. serendipity happen, which is funny. Um, well, I try. So <laughs> at the end of the day, you have to have somebody who kind of spearheads it. So Joel, you want to talk a little bit about your background? Well, I got down here in 71. In Athens? Yeah. Oh, yeah? After the Army. Okay. I got out in 70, came down here in 71, and went to school, and graduated and taught school in this area at Alexander Schools for 35 years. What type of school? <laughs> well, I started out 5th and 6th grade, and then I moved to 7th and 8th grade, and then I moved to ninth and 10th grade, and oh, then wow. I moved to seniors, and I spent 10 years with seniors. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Yeah, the seniors. Seniors? Yeah. That's what I would have thought, too. And rumor has it he used to um, hand out a postcard that had a Harley Davidson on it. Yeah, I had... Uh, all kinds of things like that. Trying, just trying to get the kids to understand who I was, and yeah. in that community, various different triggers are very helpful. Yeah. You know, so. Like, would you mind expanding on that a little bit? Well, like the Harley Davidson aspect is is important to a lot of kids. Trucks and mechanics are important to a lot of kids. Uh, Family, babies, so on and so forth are important and you have to be able to realize what the community feels is important to them and then work your magic. Right. But you have to have a basis for that. Right. So it and accentuate those values a little bit yeah. and kind of connect on that. Yeah, I get And that. hard work and farming and patriotism and so on, those are all values of the Alexander schools, or at least as I saw it, and uh, so we would discuss things such as that. We had open discussions and political discussions, especially with the seniors. And oh, yeah. I had a great time. I never went to work. Uh, I just went to school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's and, kind of fun. I just had a great time. Yeah. Well, it's kind of fun. Like, I mean, me, I kind of, I mean, I'm three years removed from high school now, but, you know, this, you know, kind of discovering political conversation was like a realization in itself, you know, it was like a, something that I had to stumble upon. So that's cool. Like I probably didn't start talking about stuff like that until maybe uh, my freshman or sophomore year of college. Um, mm. But to be able to do that openly with seniors is, uh, it's uh, really, that's cool. You know, I think. Well, I also taught a class called street law. Street law? Yeah, which was <laughs> highly attended, yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of kids that the police probably weren't real appreciative of after they took the class. But oh, yeah. Yeah, it would really have a place nowadays. Oh, yeah? What's the, yeah, what's the basis of street law? Well, it was just to demonstrate to kids how to deal with the police and how, how to understand the law. And we had a section on torts. <laughs> and criminal law, and so on and so forth. And the kids then, I took them to prison one day. Oh, really? We went up to the prison and... Scared them straight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that law says everything. Yeah, there was... Uh, it, it was very interesting. Yeah, the, one of the tough... I mean, the, 
these cons read people just like that. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you walk in and boom, they know who you are. Oh. And there were a couple of tough kids, and, and one of these guys looked like he spent his life in the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, big, huge biceps, and he, short guy. <laughs> and everybody was gave him some deference, you know. It was like they just kind of stayed back from him. Sure. The, the other cons. You right. Know? And uh, he, he looked at, he saw this one kid talking while he was talking. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, <laughs> he didn't say a a anything initially. He just looked up at him and winked. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> and that <man>. was enough. <laughs> that just, just yeah. shut him down instantly. Yeah. It, was, it was a lesson in class control. I oh, mean, yeah. there's all kinds of different ways that... Well, that's interesting. Respond. So, like, uh, the, the, within the, the prison, how, how do you think they are so good at nailing people down like that, finding personalities? And, well, like, it's their job. Yeah. I mean, it's life or death. If you can't oh, read yeah. people, then you, you might you get... pick the wrong guy and yeah. you're dead, you know? It's, yeah, it's in, not in a prison. game for them. Right. Like so, it is in high school. It's a game in high school, but mm -hmm. in prison, it's real life. Yeah, and I mean real life outside of high school and college too well you know? that's true too i so guess you, yeah. i mean yeah you should you, uh, those kids probably took a lot and are able to apply what they learned and we had forward. a mock trial team yeah that we did mock trial for six years and every year we went to state oh wow beat everybody else in the county wow so yeah we had good advisors and no it sounds like it was a really good experience pretty outstanding uh teacher <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so who's the better teacher you or tom, you know, oh, tom can no, <laughs> he's still doing it i'm done yeah i retired i'm not competing with other teachers i'm competing with myself yeah there you of go. course yes. the, how do i make myself better yeah what can good I answer do? what can i do right? yeah. i don't have as many years of experience as he does yeah well so what experience so. do you have tom if you wouldn't mind you know brushing us up a little bit so oddly enough I reconnected with a high school friend of mine, or actually, she was my fifth grade um, girlfriend. In oh, camp. wow. And she told me, she said, you know what, when you were a kid, all you ever wanted to be was a teacher. And I had forgotten about it for a long time. Really? And then when I went into hospitality and, and did that for 30 years, in 2009, I said, you know what, I think um, I think I have something to offer mm -hmm. as an educator. And so I went back to school. Yeah. And then that's um, and that's what I do now, and I love every single bit of it. I I I love Joel's comment a minute ago about where he said it's like I just go to school every day. That's how I feel when I go to class. <laughs> like I can feel the excitement happening as I'm driving from Columbus to here. Oh really? The closer I get, the more excited I get about it, and I just breathe in different air. And I walk in the classroom, and I think, um, you know, it's wild. Like we have we have such a short time span to make such a impressionable difference in somebody's life mm -hmm. in um in college and um and we're we're asked to do a lot of different things you know you talked about how the civic responsibility and the things that you learned when you were a freshman and sophomore in college yeah i mean for the federal government knows that that's why they used to that's why they created the gi bill they actually created the gi bill to give <laughs> veterans an opportunity kind of to have a cooling off period from when they went from one thing to the other that's what research says and so um, I just, uh, you know, a university is a place where it helps keep me young. I love every single second of it. Yeah. I love being a teacher. 
have you faced any challenges recently that uh, you've noticed that have helped you grow a lot? The ornery vet's cafe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that anytime you do something in the community, you know, the university has all kinds of rules, regulations, and restrictions. They do it for safety and best, you know, practice and for to support theories. But, you know, the cafe is a great example of working in the community, and that's different. It has a different feel. It has a different responsibility. It has a... And so how do you do that in a respectful way? I guess the biggest challenge right now for me is COVID, just because... You know, you have one set way of going about things and then COVID comes along and then you have to do it differently. Entirely. So entirely. Um, COVID just changed the rules, you know. Yeah. I'm not used to sitting in front of a screen five hours a day. Yeah. I'm not that kind of guy either. I don't really like it. Right. So, but um, but it's important because some professors just put all their information online and they say just do the work where I need to see students. I need to talk to them. I need to know that they know that I'm their advocate. And mm -hmm. so it's been a very different process for me and the challenge is, is that how do I navigate that mm -hmm. you know so less driving but you know most of the time, <laughs> it's a little different yeah yeah how has that changed in itself like the, the teaching and the responses from the students because I mean like you and I of course you know in class it, it was a, a different dynamic you know yeah so we were able to kind of like I told you right after that I'm a little bit of a different character in the in the classroom and then you were we were able to establish that. Whereas I feel like if we were, you know, if we hadn't known each other, and then we get on online class together, it might be a lot different, you know. Well, I mean, Joel taught for a long time. I guess I don't know. I would. I guess we could say that you learn who your students are. Mm -hmm. It was different for me. Like when I teach freshmen, mm -hmm. like I don't know who these students are. Like I've never seen them before. Like I don't know them. Yeah. I don't know what their wants are. I don't know how they communicate. But you and I, like, you're a little ornery. That's fine. And, I, and I'm typically really good with that just because chefs are ornery people. Yeah, definitely. You. Chefs are nasty. I mean, they can be really ornery and crazy, and they can be nasty, and they can be fun, and they can be all those things in between. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so, um, and I always said they could say whatever they wanted as long as it wasn't in front of other people. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know it's a different time. I mean, I have to learn who these students are. So I'm using journal posts and blogging and that kind of stuff to figure out who they are and what they want. But just like working in the industry, just like this cafe, like Mercedes will have to figure out who are her employees and what do they need to be successful? Yeah. You know? And so, cause we say we're going to be here to support people. So we're going to, we're going to need to figure out what that looks like Yeah. and figure out what they need and not tell them what they need <laughs> because telling people what they need is not sustainable. Yeah. Because just like with students, like, you know, there's going to be a day when we're not standing beside you. So right. it also creates walls. Yeah. Uh, walls like, like how? Well, lack of, if you tell somebody to do something or it, instead of suggesting it or allowing them the ability to choose, then it's yours, not theirs. Mm -hmm. and, and that creates a wall between you. Yeah. It um. makes it less easy to deal with you in the future, whomsoever you may be. Yeah, understand that. But then that leaves students that choose not to in a situation where they need a different type of help, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's just a whole new entire set of well, the, different challenges. I think so. what Tom was referring to was a freshman comes to OU, they're coming from Cleveland, Chicago, uh, who knows where. He has no knowledge of them whatsoever. Right. When I would get 
someone coming into my class, I had already seen them in the hallway for four years, said hi to them, yeah. gone to the basketball games, the football games, watched them perform. You know, there's all different kinds of ways I got to know kids before I had them in class. Yeah. That's a huge advantage. Right. I would think. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Whereas Tom, it's, there they are. There they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, the and that's a challenge with online learning in general. It's like oh, you don't man. you don't see nonverbal cues. Mm -hmm. You don't get a chance to like see you know what makes them have aha moments. So you have to do a lot of work right. in the beginning and the front end of it. So these last three weeks, like you know, we're week four now. Yeah. So these last three weeks, I've really been spending a lot of time with these students, letting them know that yes, you can call me, you can text me, you can Facetime me, you can do whatever. And trying to get them to let them know that I'm a resource for them. Sure. But and it's a challenge because you know my, I'm a very direct kind of guy, and so, and so I just have to be with this approach. They don't know me. They don't know my passion level. And it's nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, me, I can be a lot for people at nine o'clock in the morning. I yeah. After just coming back from a run, they look at me and they're like, what the heck is no, this person doing? I had you at 9 o'clock in yeah. the morning a few times, I think, and I was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I could be a lot at 9 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. So, it, it, it did kind of help wake me up, though, too. And then you would always be very nice and uh, allow us to brew coffee <laughs> sometimes and, and get going. And now you can come here and have coffee. Now I can come here. You go on your way yeah. to see Mercedes, right? <laughs> yeah, Mercedes. You So have you been, You uh, obviously you got a book open right there. <laughs> so what's your experience been with the classes so far? Whew. Um, I am not fond of solely online classes. Mm -hmm. I think I'm definitely one of those students. I learn better when I'm yeah, actually there. Definitely. It's easier. You have more access, I would think, in that setting. Because it's, it's easy to, you know, go to your classes and then come back and be like, oh, you know, I've got a question on this. You know, no big deal. Like, I've got Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes. I'll go in on Wednesday and try to get it understood. Sure. But in this sort of situation, you're you're really stuck between, you know, okay, well, I guess I can send my professor an email. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a mother, so I have a four-year-old, and it's not always easy for me to be like, okay, let me jump on this Zoom call with a professor and try to understand this material because I'm not really grasping it. Oh, yeah. And it's it makes it so much more difficult that way, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you really lose that face-to-face that -face bond that you can kind of get with your professors, and they kind of know you... The approach is different. It's not, well, it's you don't like get a, lost in verbiage and everything. It's, it's a completely different environment. It's you know? so different. Because, like, you're at home, and to get out of that home mentality into a learning mentality yes, is it's just a so much. It's so much different. Task. It is so difficult because you know when you tell yourself, like, okay, I have to go to class. I have three classes today. I'm yeah. going to be on campus. That's, you're in your zone. Yeah. You're in your, I'm a student. I'm getting this done. But, when I'm at home and I'm vegged out and I've been watching Netflix for the past four hours and I'm like, I really need to read this chapter mm -hmm. in this book. And I'm like, one more episode and then I'll do it. Right. You you have to, I think students in this time have to have a different level of... Discipline. Yes, -discipline. absolutely. Some mm -hmm. discipline and dedication and really some stick-to-itiveness to, yeah. to really focus. Well, yeah. we're in trouble then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, because... Um, this is something that I learned a lot in Tom's classes, uh, you know, the, the habits that we form when we're younger, right? So what do you say, what's the statistic when you're five to ten years old, 
Um, a lot of the food that you eat at that period becomes mm -hmm. comfort. Two to three. Two to three. Okay. At ages two to three, students determine what their comfort food is going to be. For the rest of the so time. if you're if you take a child who's eating baby food, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I want to encourage this child to eat regular food, and then you start giving them Oreos, for instance. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, well Oreos are going to be something they want, right? <laughs> Because it has sugar, right? And because it's chocolate, mm -hmm. and uh, who doesn't like those two things? <laughs> I guess some people don't like chocolate. I yeah. wouldn't be one of them. But the thing is, is that all of a sudden, but what they don't realize is that Oreos are filled with processed food, right? And they're not good for you, and they're really bad. So if you condition a child to think this is what makes me happy around food, mm -hmm. then when they get older and they get more stressed out, that's the two things they use. Right. They use more processed food, and they use more. They use more um, sugar, mm -hmm. and those things. That's why we, as a country, have more pre-diabetic, and we have more juvenile diabetes than we've ever had. Right, and obesity, and obesity, yeah. which is causing issues with hypertension. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think so. that's the connection that I was kind of trying to make is that like we need to start developing, you know, self-discipline habits even a little bit more, and and that's obviously we've always been trying to do that, but. Now, like you said, especially now that we have so much time at home and going forward into the future as, you know, robots take over all our jobs and whatnot, <laughs> there's going to be a lot more time, I think, spent doing your own things in your own time. Oh, I agree. More than ever, you realize how little self-control you may or may not have. Yeah. Or, you know, you think that you have this idea of, well, if this were my situation, this is how I would handle it. And you think that this is the way you do it, but now we're being forced to really take a hard look in the mirror and figure out maybe this isn't as easy as I thought it would be for me to adjust to. So right. I think it's a really big wake up call. Oh yeah. A huge example of that. So I will give a student, students a project to do mm -hmm. and I'll say in class, in my lecture, I'll say, I want you to do a presentation where you call three different catering companies in a different city that you want to be in and do a competitive set and get a copy of their menu and look at these three, um, the entree and the side and the dessert mm -hmm. and do a price comparison across the three, review their website and I'll tell them this stuff, right? And lecture. And then they'll say to me and I'll give them it in the syllabus and they'll say, okay, where's the rubric? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, I just gave you all that. Mm -hmm. And they'll look at me and they'll say to me, they're like, but wait, what is the rubric? And, I, and I'll say to them, okay, I, I'm encouraging you to be creative. Right. So you provide it back to me. Well, what does the PowerPoint have to look like? It's five to seven slides that include all that information. And they'll say to me, no, I need a rubric. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll just tell you, and this is the thing that I say inside of my head. Yeah. I'm like, you're one year away from no one telling you from a rubric standpoint. Oh, you're yeah. one year away from a general manager who's going to call you into the morning meeting at 9 o'clock and is going to say, you know what, I need to know what people are doing around Christmas holiday parties in December. I need you to call around and figure out what people are charging. And, and, and I just did to you what a GM is going to do. Yeah, and what but where's said, the rubric for that? Yeah, and what you said to me is, where's the rubric? And the general manager is going to say, this is not school. And you got to rethink. So it's not I, high school. Yeah, I mean, Kate... Not, that, that's where yeah. rubric started right. was in grade school. Yeah. It's absurd. So... Mm -hmm. Kills creativity. Yeah, I mean, I think Just we do like a great that, job right? in K through twelve. Of, yeah. <laughs> well, that's because, what, yeah. That's what I was gonna say is that these people are, like aren't used to teachers saying, "Hey, here's a, like a you know a, a little box for you, you know something. Here's a little project." Yeah. But it's not those defined lines. You know, it's nothing. You're not 
trapping them in that little rubric like you're talking about. Yeah, I want to bring out what is the creative side of them because the creative side of them is what makes them more competitive in the marketplace and, and in our industry specifically. Like, I mean, there's a lot of creativity in here. I love like what Passionworks does down there from a creative standpoint, and people are driven to it. Mm-hmm. So what's Passionworks? So Passionworks is the studio right down the way that does that has artists that provide and make. Um, they make these, art, drawings. these drawings, these drawings, and they make uh, Passionworks flower and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's, so it's really incredible to watch. But the thing is, students aren't they don't think that way because in K through twelve, they're trying to get them through this. I mean, they have, they only, they're only with them 11% of the time in K through 12. Really? So they have a very short amount of time to get them through a lot of information. They have standardized testing that says you have to learn these certain things. And nowadays we test them more than ever. So it's like you have to learn, you have to learn, you have to learn. So we teach to the test, mm-hmm. which is very different. That wasn't so much, you know, a short time ago. But now it's we teach to the test. Mm-hmm. Most educators will say we test them way too much. Mm-hmm. Then when they get to college, it's like I ask them to be creative and they look at me sometimes, not to be disrespectful, but like deer in headlights. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you got to tell me exactly what creativity looks like. And I'm like, I don't know what creativity <laughs> looks like to you. Yeah. I mean, what Where's is the creativity rubric? Yeah, that's what they'll say to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, what constitutes creativity? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like who's on first? Yeah. What's on second? Yeah. So the thing is, I spent, I can Pretty do a lot. <laughs> As a freshman, I spent a lot of time with students trying to get them to understand that I'm trying to blur the lines. If you were put in a box, it's like this. I'm trying to make the lines more blurry. Yeah. So And blurry to me is creativity seeps in. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're this free thinking. Mm-hmm. Because there's a time when you're not going to have somebody standing beside you telling you exactly how to do it. Right. And that's going to come really soon. Oh, yeah. And then, by the way, you're going to have student loans to pay. And then, by the way, you're going to have a mortgage. And then, by the way, Cars, you're going to be married and, and kids. And, and it goes fast. So fun. I mean, we got three different generations here. Right? It Let goes me tell really you fast. how fast it goes. <laughs> yeah. I'm 72 now, and it seems like only yesterday that I was in the classroom. And before that, it seems like only yesterday that I was in the Army. Oh, wow. And it was 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's a long time, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the first time yeah. he said his... Real age, the first time. Wow, we caught it on, we caught it on recording, yeah. too. We got you now. Yeah. <laughs> wow, there's some pretty authentic sharing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had... Uh, oh, just... Let me tell you about the last time I was in jail. Oh, okay. No, no I'm kidding. But I actually just had this guy uh, on last week who was 55 years old, and he was just talking about how crazy it is. Like, he, you know, he'd wake up one morning, and then he'd be like, wait... I'm I'm 35. No, wait, I'm 45. Yeah. Like, no, wait, I'm actually like 52 today or something, you know, like it's his birthday or whatever. I think the older you get, the faster it speeds up. It seems like it. Seems like, like it. As I get older, like it goes quicker. Yeah. Like I'm like, wow, it's Friday already. I yeah. don't know, it just really seems. And then it's like, then you start to think about, and that's the one thing that COVID did. There was a quote yeah. that I heard last week from a really good speaker mm-hmm. on, on one of those things I was listening to. And his comment what he said at the end of it is that when the world seems like it stops, that's the best time to change it. Oh, wow. I love that quote because, oh, yeah. we, I mean, we know that there's some changes that need to happen. Tell mm-hmm. that to the so, politicians. I do love that quote, though. I think that's <laughs> yeah. a really powerful quote. Yeah. And so I think it's like, you know, we're just in this different time. So there were a lot of bad things that came out of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, the lives that were lost and, and the... Unemployment. The events and unemployment and what's happening to businesses and all that. 
But there was some other things that said to us, let's rethink about what what's going on. And so, yeah. but now it's time for it to go. <laughs> you know I mean? But I mean, there was an opportunity there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've had my self-examination time. I'd like yeah. to move yeah. on. Now it's time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, all taking that reflection period of the things we really took for granted and yeah. we're, we're ready to appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It's time for it to go. Yeah, definitely. That's a valid point, though. There was a lot that we took for granted. Mm-hmm. that is no longer available to us. And now we realize how important those social connections were that, yeah. that we no longer have. Mm-hmm. A handshake. You, you know, can't read, shake hands. I right? read this article that said we, some doctors are saying that we may not be able to shake hands for years. And That's so, okay. But all, <laughs> so some people come up with their own handshake kind of symbol, like what you do. We always do the kitchen handshake in the mm-hmm. kitchen where you do the elbows, you know. Yeah. But some people are doing this. But at the, it's so wild. It's like it's, it almost seemed to me like it was like what happened after September 11th, mm-hmm. like after September 11th, like we no longer flew the same way. Oh, well. Like you, I mean, you take your shoes off, you yeah. gotta take your belt off, you gotta take everything out of your pockets. You can't have any liquids. Mm-hmm. You can't do any of that. And that all changed after like one event, like one day. Well, there was also instant racism. Yeah. Against the oh yeah the uh, er- er- Arabic yeah. mm-hmm. type community yeah. you know and the burqa and so on man mm-hmm. people would look at folks with a burqa like she's got an AK under there yeah. now wait a minute now wow. <laughs> you know? yeah but it's fear, like a China virus fear, yeah. yeah you know when you hear that kind of language you know it's like I mean the world changes that's true mm-hmm. and so there is a lot of similarities now I mean. I mean, I'll never forget that day when I was right across from the state capitol in Columbus, and I saw all these people all of a sudden pick up their cell phones like this, and then we had the flight crew that stayed in the hotel. We talked about hospitality. Yeah, I was in we had the U.S. Air flight crew um, and the American Airline flight crew that were actually on. They were supposed to be on that plane that went down. Oh wow! And so they stayed with us for almost two weeks because they couldn't get a flight out. Yeah. And we took care of everything for them. We made all the food for them. And took it up to the room and the devastation we brought counselors in to talk to them because uh-huh. they were supposed to be on that flight so oh yeah and so you know and um a chef colleague of mine he was actually in the towers that day so he works in columbus now oh, and my wow. cousins would have been on the train that day <laughs> but they weren't on the train because the one son got sick so they stayed home with sam you know jimmy would have been on the train that day so you know the thing is the world does change after events like this and and it will forever be changed after COVID. Yeah. So we just have to figure out, like, what does the new thing look like? And that's why places like this are really important. Like Ornery Because, Vets. like Ornery Vets, because Ornery Vets will provide a social space for people. And we're going to need it. Mm-hmm. We're going to need to be with other people. Yeah. That's the exciting it. thing, too. I just read an article. They say that um, they predict that personality changes don't happen easily. Because mm-hmm. we, as humans, tend to be creatures of habit. But... They have, I think, 13 or 14 psychologists that predict that there will be mass personality changes as oh, a yeah. result of COVID. 100%. Just because it changes it changes your view and how you move forward with everything. And I think oh, yeah. that's that, to me, is the scariest part just because I'm very extroverted. I'm out there traveling, going, getting to know people. Handshakes are very important to me personally. Right. That's... That's how I feel, you know, my bond with people. That's how I get to know someone. You know, I feel like you can 
really read someone a lot through, you know, shaking their hand and getting a chance to be intimate with them and talk to them. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be difficult for people who are you know, somewhat like me in that sense, extroverted and yeah. or hugs. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. It changes, it changes so much. Yeah. And that's the exciting thing about this space is my hope is we give a little bit of a back. It doesn't completely evaporate. It doesn't go away and you yeah. don't have to forget about how normal and how natural and important that stuff is. Mm hmm. No, totally. Um, actually, as a, <laughs> I do stand-up comedy <laughs> part-time, and I started writing jokes about the new type of handshake because you have to. <laughs> it is like a, you know, it's a, it's a something a gauge for to see how the other person is going to respond to you, a lot of the time. And so, you know, I thought like maybe dance moves would be a good one. <laughs> Just come up and start doing like a quick dance move or like a, a, a basketball fake out or something. And, you excellent know, substitution. Yeah, or the clone thing where you see another clone <laughs> and you put your like hand up. But anyways. <laughs> Um, Maybe we'll do a uh, stand-up comedy night. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I would love to come out around here because uh, a lot of the stand-up has been shut down since uh, they said maybe they were going to open things well, up. Well, it won't be next week. Right. <laughs> but eventually when things start clearing up a yeah. little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope, I would love to, to come here when this place is open and, and popping and, you know, you got all the ordinary vets sitting around here drinking their coffee. And That's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I appreciate you all coming out uh, and, and recording this with me. I know that you weren't even expecting to be on it today, but... <laughs> you want to get the address and stuff, Joel? Yeah, if you want to go ahead and... It's 30 East State. 30 East Athens, State. Ohio, 45701. Sure. When's the official opening day? Someday. This Sunday? <laughs> Someday. Someday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Eventually. We're, we're hoping October. For, October. We're October, so once we get the health permit done, and so we're getting really, really close now. Definitely. We're selling shirts. All right. Yeah, yeah I saw so that. We're, we're waiting for the counter. That's what's holding us up. The counter's been ordered for quite some time. Mm, yeah, and that's very important. Yeah, you want to tell them what we're going to sell? So as of now, we have t-shirts, which mm -hmm. have been a really massive hit. We have t-shirts all over the country now. We have them all over the United States. We have them in Japan. We have them in Kuwait. People mm. are really eating these t-shirts up quick. <laughs> there's ordinary um, vets everywhere. Yeah. Yes, ordinary <laughs> vets everywhere yeah. supporting it. And then we have coffee mugs. As sure. of now, we hope to expand the merchandise to hats, sure. tumblers, just yeah. all your things that people absolutely love to just buy. Just all the merchandise that people love to yeah. have. So. Yeah. We got, it's, it's pretty exciting. We got, uh, what is it, Spaceballs Flamethrowers. Can you guys maybe watch that one? Yeah. And food-wise, what are we going to be doing? Yeah, so, yeah, so the, the ambiance of ornery vets, I think that's a big part of it, right? And so food-wise and, and uh, at, like, atmosphere-wise, what what's the basis of ornery You want to talk about the menu? Well, I mean, you've done the most you work. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to offer fresh juices and we're going to offer infused waters and, and smoothies made out of local product. And it's all going to be based on seasonality. Sure. So we'll be serving soups and salads. So you'll be able to get a soup and salad and a piece of bread and a, and a beverage to go beside it and come out with your own little We're going to be serving meal. soups and salads and, of course... Yes. Soups and salad. Well, right. as a combo. Yeah, no. <laughs> so you'll be able to walk out a combo right now. So you'll be able to have your own combo, and we're going to be supporting other entities in town. Sure. So each day will be a like a Zoe's day, or each day will be like a fluff day, or each day will be like a Jackie O's kind of day. Oh, okay. So people, OUN. So well, we haven't done, we haven't talked to OUN yet, but well, our hope is is that you can come in and. And have local food, local healthy food, because when you have healthy food, then you're you have better fuel to 
fill yourself with right. from an emotional standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, from mm -hmm. a physical standpoint. Yeah. And since we'll have a lot of people from the Passion Workshop down here, you know, people with developmental differences don't have as much access to healthy food. Right. And so, and we know that all people deserve healthy food. And so we'll be making it all in-house or we'll be using local restaurateurs to do it with and we'll be selling all kinds of Ohio products. So awesome. the menu is, is going to revolve around what guests want and need and we're going to hopefully encourage them to think local. No, that would be great because, yeah, I need, I need in my rotation between McDonald's, Burger King, and, <laughs> and Subway, I need to go ahead and put... You need to come and get a soup and salad. You need to come and get a soup and salad And a diet redo. Not that I'm telling you what to do. I'm encouraging you. The community aspect is of the ultimate importance that we're not here to compete. We're here to help other businesses as well. They'll be able to sell their products through us and make a profit. And we hopefully will make enough to pay for our employees and insurances and rent and so on. Yeah. It'll, it should all work out. Yeah. yeah. You know, on week, busy weekends like Mother's Day and Father's Weekend and all the homecoming and all those other weekends when everybody's coming to campus, you know, everybody sells out and there's lines out the door. Well, mm -hmm. this will be an opportunity for people to come here and still try all those things. You know, because when people come to campus and they've had something and then they go away for five years, they want to try to come back and share that mm -hmm. with their family or with, their, uh, with the people they went to school with. And so we're really, I, we think... We have the right recipe for success, so we'll see how it all goes. Yeah, no, and it sounds promising so far, you know, and it looks great, honestly. So I was surprised when I came in here to see how far along it was, and it looks really good. So yeah, sounds like you guys are putting a lot of work into it, and it's really showing. So I'm excited. I will come and visit when uh, when it opens up, and I'll make sure to tell all my friends about it. And on the podcast, so I mean, whoever whoever listens to this, you know. <laughs> uh, but awesome! All right, thanks so much again. Your time. Well, you'll be allowed to come in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be our stand-up comedian. Yeah. yeah that's that's right. Right. All right. How was it? Did you like it? Did you cry? Did you laugh? Did you think? Did you believe? Because I did all of those things. Anyways, I appreciate you listening. I apologize that the episodes have been coming out a little bit later, but. I'm really, um, I'm adjusting right now. I'm in an adjustment period, trying to figure out, you know, settling down again in Athens, which is kind of annoying, but, um, I, you know, it's just a, re a little adjustment period and, uh, I, you know, I'm going to start, start doing it again, routinely, regularly, effectively again, eventually. So believe in me and I will believe in you. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thanks for listening. And, uh, I appreciate all those people coming out to talk because you know they're just they're just again good characters and fun individuals so anyways thanks for listening i love you amen okay bye sorry right. with you six feet <laughs>